Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil Camberwell here with episode 290 of the Tudor Podcast, the Monday morning show for anyone in the business of helping people through teaching, tutoring or coaching. As always, I'm here to share ideas and insights I've had, borrowed, stolen, bent out of shape, or just purloined during the 24 years or so I've been in business. From the tens of thousands of pounds I've invested in training and education, hundreds of books I've read, and to just give it away in a no-nonsense, no-BS kind of way. So here we go. Today I want to talk about my bloody file of facts. Now, that's not my description. It's my ex fiance so if you're listening, um, I'm still carrying it around. Sorry, love. It's a long tradition with my family and my friends to just tease me mercilessly about my habit of always carrying my file of facts around with me. It goes everywhere. Whether it's social gatherings, meals, holidays, uh, not to mention the various business meetings and trainings I go to. Now, if you're sitting there thinking, what the bloody hell is a file of facts? I'll tell you. It's a simple ring binder. It can range in shape from 64 by 105 millimeters right to A4. And it can contain pages for whatever you want. Your diary, your to-do list, your credit cards, note pages, expenses sheets, maps, addresses, contacts and so on. You just put in the pages you like, in the order you like, and you make it work for you. I've been using one since I was in my 20s, so a few decades now. The one I'm currently using is A5 size, and it's even got enough space in the back for me to slip my Kindle into it. So if I happen to get marooned or stuck or just plain bored somewhere, I can always whip out my Kindle and read. Because it's just easier than taking a couple of 300 books with me, isn't it? Anyway, I've been using my file of facts for decades, and... After all the teasing about it being a yuppie hangover thing or that I'm posing or that I'm just pretending to be some sort of successful person, whatever kind of bollocks it is, all it's just teasing. Now, I love working on paper. It keeps me sane. It keeps me grounded. stops me forgetting things. And I guess that since the world and his dog got Google calendars, the Filofax that I carry around looks like a relic of a bygone age. And, you know, if you're a tech-obsessed type with a peculiar penchant for menus, passwords, scrolling and distracting bleepy alerts, then then all powers to you. If that works for you, knock yourself out. I'm not in your camp, and I respect your right to be wrong. And you are wrong, by the way. My file of is better than your Google. My file of is going to stick around for the foreseeable future because the truth is, I'd live out of it. As old school as it is to have paper and something physical in hand, I'm keeping mine because it never crashes. 
and it has a low battery. Never suffers from a poor signal. I can't break the screen on it. It doesn't spy on me 24-7 and it doesn't eavesdrop on my conversations like mobile phones do. Now, if I write something down, it becomes a real thing to me. I can revisit it, review it, modify it, update it. I can cross it out even. That's something I can do with paper that you can't do anywhere near so easily with your phone. You've got to get into your menus, fork around, find what you're looking for, and then letter by letter, edit it. How tedious is that? Now, the the concretization of an idea when you write it down is really strong. In fact, that same ex-fiancé reckoned that, to me... If it wasn't written down, then it just doesn't exist. Now, bear in mind, she's an expert in autism, Asperger's, and a variety of uh, psychiatric conditions. And I wonder if maybe she was just bringing her work home. Maybe that's what she found attractive in me. Maybe I was an interesting project. You'll never really know. What I do know, though, is that there is a fair chunk of truth in what she said. You know, the one about writing it down and making it real. That is true. I remember years ago hearing that the bluntest pencil is superior to the sharpest mind. And it's true. Because your mind is for having ideas and for creating. It's not for data storage. Strikes me as a great pity that much of what passes for education these days is geared towards the memorization and regurgitation of facts. It's a bit odd, isn't it? Because that's not what your brain's for. We, as teachers, as tutors, our role now is to keep the flame of creativity burning in our students and in ourselves. In the face of that misplaced idea that currently dominates the educational space. Memorization. Memorization is not education. Not by a long chalk. Rant over, back to the file effects. Now, writing things down. The research clearly shows that the act of writing, longhand, with a pen no less, activates more of the brain and accelerates learning. It produces more ideas and it aids memory retention. So why on earth is our failing education system letting more and more of the kids' work be done on laptops? It's bonkers. You'd have to be a bloody halfwit to think that would help if the research shows that using a pen and paper is more effective. What kind of clowns are running the system? If you're close to these clowns, let me know. Now, it's, it is startling to me that this research and its conclusions are so poorly known in the wider population. I mean, who even talks about this? Where have you ever heard it discussed on the news or on the television or mainstream media? Almost nowhere. Personally, if I want to learn something, I read about it widely and I write notes. Then I rewrite and refine the notes. And sometimes that becomes a podcast script, like this one. So, when I'm looking at my life, I'll write it down. I plan my week ahead on paper, and it gets easy for me. 
See, all I do is visualize and write down what would pass as a good day for me. I assemble that day on paper, imagining what an excellent day would look like. I imagine where I'd be and what I'd be doing during the day, who I'd be in contact with, and what the most and least important things really are for that day. And most days I just open up my file of facts to the diary pages and I follow the step-by-step plan I've made for myself. Now, not all days are excellent, but the great majority of them are way above average and most of them are very, very good. Why would I do this? Well, because it's a great way to have a good life and it's completely stress-free. Because I've planned ahead, I'm not confronted every single day by a big pile of stuff to get done. That's how most people run their lives. No plan and they've got a great big pile of stuff to get through. Their chances of success are very low. Not least because having no plan means you've got no idea what success might actually be but also because you're submerged in the stress of dealing with that great big mountain of stuff you've got going on that you haven't planned for. Now, every day my diary page stares up at me and lays out my idea of a good today. And tomorrow I'll have a plan for a good today, tomorrow, every day. I don't have to make it up on the spot. It's all there. I do this on a Sunday evening and I plan the whole week through. And when I open up that paper diary, which is extremely easy, it's exactly as it was when I planned it on the Sunday night. Across the three businesses, across family life, friendships, research, writing, health, fitness, it's all there on paper for me. I'm so bloody lazy that... Unlocking my phone and going down the menus would be too much trouble. I just open my file of facts up. The result is I have very low stress. I'm highly productive. I spend almost all day every day doing what I love to do with people I like being with. Why? Because I planned it that way. Now, a lot of people think I'm just lucky to have the life I have. Now, that's bollocks. Look doesn't enter into it. I designed it this way so that I'd get to where I am today and when I designed it I wrote it down. So when I look back to what I wrote down, oh it was brilliant. And if you didn't know already, look is an acronym, stands for Labour Upon Correct Knowledge. It's not the the whims and arbitrary coquettishness of fortune that's lucky it's labor upon correct knowledge according to the philosopher seneca luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity and i guess what he was really saying is that we make our own luck am i lucky to have good days almost every day or is it just because i'm fiendish and cunning and an evil genius and i planned it that way a no-brainer isn't it without a plan we tend to drift and react to the world with a plan we design our world as we would have it be 
So while well, some folk smirk, sneer, scoff and giggle at my outdated ways and me carrying around a fairly bulky filofax of all things, I quietly get on with a plan for the day, page by page, then week by week, month by month and year by year. And one by one, my little plans come to fruition. Just the way they were when I wrote them down. It's almost magical how having a plan and working that plan changes things. It changes your life. Write it down and then do it. It works. Try it for yourself. I'd be really interested to hear how well this works for you and what you guys think. You don't need to use the Filofax. I just happen to think they're a lovely, tangible, physical item. And if it makes you an oddball, eh, so what? Who cares? Wave at the world with one finger and get on with your life. An ordinary paper diary will work just as well. Frankly, the magic isn't in the branding or that lovely leather binder. It's in the act of writing longhand, then reviewing and acting on what you've written day after day. Try it for yourself and let me know how you get on. Next week, I'm going to share my simple process that even works for a dimwit like me. But be warned, there will be old school ideas and massive simplification. So you've got that to look forward to. Till then, remember that I love to hear from you. I'm here to learn, I'm here to help and to share what I've learned so far. So waz me an email over. It's info at neilcamado.com. Or you can find me on Twitter, X or whatever it's calling itself this week. Where I am, actually the podcast. And if you haven't already done so, please like and subscribe to the podcast. And I'll be back next week, as always, with more no BS ideas and some tips to help you to start, grow and love your tutoring business, just like I love mine. Till then, I hope this podcast has got you thinking and has been some help. So stay healthy, stay useful and have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.